Hello and welcome back to another episode of You Want to Do What with Dan and Julie. Today we have Benedict on, who is a menswear's writer, stylist and consultant. Hi Benedict, how are you? Very well, thanks. Yourself? All good. Um, So do you want to tell uh, the listeners a little bit about what you actually do? Yeah, so um, I guess by by trade, I'm a a journalist um, working within the field of kind of menswear. Um, And my my background's in publishing, working for... uh, a range of different magazines um but then in the last kind of six months maybe nine months it's kind of taken on a new a new course um but yeah i started off um when i was uh god how long would it have been uh in 2014 i think i started off in magazines mm-hmm. um and i just loved it i just kind of loved the tactileness of it um and also kind of seeing your name whether it be online or in print was just always quite a um it was always a great feeling to be honest um very rewarding um and so i kind of did the kind of the natural course that anyone does when they enter that industry and you intern and you intern and you intern and Mm. do some more interns and then eventually you get like a a full-time contract as they call it uh which was um which was a pretty good feeling as well um and so yeah i started my experience in kind of magazines ranges from weeklies to biannuals basically. So it's um, quite across the board. Mm-hmm. So was it more the, the fashion side or the journalist side that, that got you into it? Fashion. Definitely. Um, I, I, I'm not, I'm not trained as a journalist at all. Um, I didn't study English at school. I didn't study English at university. I was never, I was never any good at it to be really honest. Uh, <laughs> it was, um, it was, yeah, I had, I had my own class. I was so bad at it. Um, so, but it was, so it was all, it was all for a love of clothes really. And kind of like anyone who works in this industry, um, started from a young age. Um, I used to be really, really into streetwear, obsessed with it. Mm-hmm. I remember used to have this website called Carmelo. I think it's now gone, but you could buy all the streetwear coming over from America. And um, myself and a few friends at school, we were just obsessed with this. And whatever little pocket money we had, we'd buy T-shirts and snapback caps and all that kind of thing. <laughs> so it all started there. Um, so I've always had a kind of an interest in clothes and um, all the kind of the culture that kind of surrounds it. Um, but it's, it's my kind of taste in clothing has changed drastically over the years. <laughs> I think we all have. What was sort of your journey? Obviously, you spoke about internships and things like that. So uh, did you obviously go through school and then sort of at 16, 18 leave and uh, becoming an intern somewhere? No. So I left school um, in 2011 and then went to university. I went to university in Leeds, studied fine art um, because that's what I was basically only good at at school was art. Um, And so I went there and... I, I I I didn't really make the most of it. Lots of lots of stuff kind of went wrong in my personal life, and I kind of dropped out, um, not really knowing what to kind of do. And um, so I, I live in London, and um, my sister was uh, living and working in Brixton at the time, and walked past a, an advert for a PR agency that needed an intern. Sent me a picture of it, and I called them up and said, "Hey, I'm interested." Um, went there the next day and got an internship. Um, and it was kind of basically managing the showroom. Um, so a PR showroom is kind of loads of different brands have all their clothing on display and I kind of had to make sure it was neat and tidy and all the hangers were, uh, two finger width apart from each other, (laughs) uh, made shit loads of cups of tea, uh, um, (laughs) loads of runs to the post office, all that kind of stuff. It's all kind of part of a, part of a trade, um, part of a journey rather. 
Uh, so yeah, I started off there. So I didn't really um, have any kind of education in it. But then um, I kind of got into blogging at the time, I think. I've been wrong about years. You know, so I got into blogging and um, and just started really like, I started really enjoying writing about streetwear and all that kind of stuff. And then I kind of realized I wanted to go into magazines and found an internship and was there for six months. And I think I left that and then went to the, went to the Evening Standard magazine, interned there for a bit and went to another one and then another one and maybe one more. Uh, and then yeah. eventually, and then I, I was I was desperate for a, for a job. Um, I I was I was very fed up with it. I def, I def kind of paid my paid my dues definitely. And then there's that saying when you kind of wait for a bus and none come, and then suddenly all three come at the same time. And and that's exactly what happened to me. I had three job offers on the same day. Wow. Um, one was in one was in uh, Berlin with Heist Nobiety, some massive kind of streetwear publication media company. Um, but I only had two weeks to get my stuff together and move out there wow um, and the other two were based in london um a magazine called the rake and then another magazine called jensen's journal and i've got an uncle who's in the industry and he he was like go to the rake it will open up so many doors and it was kind of and the rake is a, is a very much a, a luxury men's title but but it's leads a lot more to kind of classic men's style and bespoke clothing and kind of champions artisanship and all that Mm. and it was completely alien to me I didn't know what bespoke was I didn't know how shoes were made or anything like that but I went for it um and that's when my kind of uh interest in fashion changed having gone from a very streetwear kind of background to kind of talking about bespoke clothing and everything like that and I found it fascinating because what I found fascinating about it was how these things were made the hands that were making them and the stories behind the people who were making them and some of these businesses that I was kind of writing about and and visiting factories and everything about they've been around for hundreds and hundreds of years with royal warrants and kind of survived world wars and all that wow. kind of stuff. I just found that amazing that kind of history element to it mm. um, and I've kind of stayed in that lane ever since I I uh I actually subscribed to the to the gents journal yeah um and it, it's great and and like you say all the stuff in there is so bespoke and is high end but it, you can tell it's quality as well um it must be so much fun to sort of write and and, and find out about these companies and and how they actually do what they do yeah well i i i i, I work with gents journal now so i actually didn't go to gents journal back then i went i went for, for the rake so mm. it was it was it was a real toss up it was quite it was quite a hard decision uh, quite a tricky decision to make but um but they're kind of they're both in the same kind of category of men's menswear basically when it comes to publishing uh both rivals in, in a way actually it was, it was quite amusing hearing <laughs> are uh most people's uh sort of stories into the industry similar to yours of just internships or do people go to university study specific fashion and then go into journalism or what uh it's, it's a good, good question um no a, a great friend of mine who he 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 went to Oxford and studied English, and then so he went down that route and then came into it. And then I didn't go to university, but I also came to. We were working together, so it's it's, it's really really different. Uh, but in terms of going to university and studying uh, like fashion journalism or any of that stuff, I I, I don't know anyone who's done it. Yeah. I, my my honest opinion is it's completely pointless. Don't go to university and study fashion journalism in a bit to go get a job just yeah. start from the bottom it's just the only way to do it fair enough um, uh, that gives you a lot of it gives you a lot of perspective and it gives you a lot of respect as well 
well, you learn a lot of respect rather than it gives you respect. Well, actually, probably. Um, so it's a real mixture of how people get okay. into it. And the other thing is you obviously said that you were, you were in journalism for the fashion. How come, was it just you had that first internship and sort of just carried on in the media side of things rather than actually pursuing any other careers in fashion? Uh, well, yeah, but so when, when I dropped out of university, I was, I was quite wanted to go into design. Um, and I was going to St. Martin's quite a lot and I was speaking to a lot of people there and I was kind of weighing up whether I wanted to go down the fashion design route, but it was another four years of university, a load of debt. And I just didn't, <laughs> and I just didn't think it was, and, and also it's, 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 I mean, you've got to be like the best out of 200 to make it basically. Mm-hmm. It's, it's really, really, really tough. Um, so that was the only kind of possible route I had. I didn't want to go down the PR route. The marketing route i just didn't didn't want to do that so it was either kind of the journalism side the editorial side or or design and um and journalism editorial that kind of made more sense and it was a bit more realistic and achievable if you like so what are some of the sort of average days for you like you know to write about these companies and these fashion brands are you going to their shops going to their factories learning about them what's an average yeah. day like uh, well, I guess you need to ask whether it's an average day now or average day pre all this. Um, <laughs> but, um, but before all that, yeah, I mean, when I was when I was in working for this magazine, I was often going heading up north to Northampton, where all the best shoes in the world are made, or going to Savile Row, Mayfair, and visiting a tailor and work, exploring how they make these beautiful garments. So there was a lot of out of the office kind of uh, day. There was a lot of out of, out of the office day to day kind of stuff as well as kind of networking, working with PR agencies and kind of building up a contact book. Um, so I was out of the office quite a lot, um, but that only meant that I had to make up the time at my computer. Um, so day to day, every day was different, which was what I really, really enjoyed about it. Um, it, wasn't, it wasn't mundane working for a magazine because every morning something could land in your in your inbox and you had to go do something or or a kind of an order could come from up top and you had to go speak to someone else um so i kind of i like the kind of variety of it definitely and it's fast paced as well it's it's you can't you can't kind of sit back and just go with it you've got to kind of be pretty proactive and go with it do you know what i mean mm. how important is your network and building that sort of connections in the pr world and, and the fashion world how important is that to you very very much so um because i don't know you kind of your, your reputation within the industry in terms of the prs and brands know you will will is, is is the platform on which you kind of you go from so i my time working within magazines was five years so in that time i built up quite a good contact book but then i went freelance um in october last year and suddenly my name's not tied to a magazine directly i might work several ones but as a result i'd been need to send them an email off my personal email address that makes that makes sense and then go from yeah. there so it's it's really really important that networking side definitely um so you need to you need to kind of get out there and promote yourself and make friends with these people and and because um, otherwise you're you're stuck you're not going to get any um, you're not going to be sent press releases you're not going to be sent the possibility of having writing an exclusive story all that kind of thing 
So it's, it's crucial, definitely. How do you go about starting to build that when you first get in the industry? I guess you're using the magazine's name to begin with. Mm. Yeah, so it's, it's, you're, not, you're not really told to do it, so you're going to kind of take it upon yourself to do it. Mm. Um, and I guess you get that advice from maybe uh, people higher up, you in the magazine, higher up than you in the magazine. Um, and if you see them out the office all the time, you're kind of probably wondering, like, what are they doing? Who are they seeing? Yeah. So kind of like learn from that. And, and to be honest, no one wants, no one in the industry wants to be at their computer the whole time. That's one of the, that's one of the, the, the great aspects of working in fashion is that it's such a social industry. So if you, you could, you could send an email to a, a, a PR and be like, the greatest catch up breakfast, lunch, what do you want to do? That kind of thing. So you kind of just, you kind of take from that and you kind of start sending out invitations if you like. And because if you're, if you work on the editorial side, the, the PR agency, the marketing agency, whatever, they always kind of take you out as well. So that's how it kind of works. Um, so you, you've got to just be proactive and go out there and, and do it. And they're, and they're open to it as well. Cause it's, 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 it's a, it's a mutual exchange. They're getting, yeah. Yeah. They're getting pressed for their clients and you're, and you're having fun whilst doing it. Yeah. Um, what would be some of the personality traits that uh, you'd need to be in the media or fashion industry? Driven, definitely. I'd say that's like, Particularly with those first few years of internships, you know. Yeah, it's 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 it's, it's a highly competitive industry. It's it's doggy dog world. Um, like there there aren't many magazines, many good ones. Um, well, I suppose it's uh. I don't think we could go the whole episode without mentioning the devil that wears Prada. Is is it as cutthroat as that? Well, I work in menswear. Um, <laughs> so it's like worse? Or it's, it's a lot better. <laughs> it's a lot better. And I've never paid any attention to, to women's wear. Um, it's, I, 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 from, from friends and kind of what you hear on the grapevine, it's, yeah, I think it is in some ways. Oh, wow. Um, certainly. Like, I have no I, Yeah, I, I couldn't handle it. I got I got two 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 very good friends of mine work for um they work for magazines uh, there's two major kind of publishing houses called um, Condé Nast and Hearst um so if you imagine Esquire and and GQ and Vogue and Tatler and L magazine all those ones they're all basically part of these two publishing houses okay. and um, two great friends of mine worked in both of them and yeah I've heard some horror stories definitely <laughs> on, the, on the women's wear side yeah the women's wear side not so much um take from that what you will i guess <laughs> but yeah there are some I, I personally never experienced any kind of devil's wear Prada moments i i suppose going back to the personality you talked about you know you need to be driven um you, i guess you need to be confident because if you're taking these people out for lunch you need to have a bit about you a bit of chat yeah definitely definitely yeah so you've got to be driven you've got to be confident i mean you've really got to love it as well um, I don't think you should go into this industry with kind of being on the fence as to whether you want to do it. No, you need to, you need to, you need to love it because um, that that will be evident when you're speaking to people, and um, and you can always tell if someone's passionate about what they do, and I think that will take you very far. Um, organized is another one. I mean, there are so many moving parts to it. Um, mm. You've got deadlines coming out your ears. You've got meetings to attend. Um, all that kind of stuff. Uh, what else would you have to be? And also just a nice person. Yeah. No one's got any time for, for 
like dickheads in this industry. No, yeah, hundred percent. But um, but yeah, no one's got any time for it. Like, and 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 no one would want to work with you. So you need to be nice, personable, pers- uh, individual. Obviously, uh, fashion is quite a, a tactile thing. You know, it's all about the you know textures is quite. a big mm-hmm. thing in fashion how has it actually changed for you not being able to get out there and see people and get involved a little bit more really difficult um really difficult and and, and also it kind of um i don't know there's you're writing about things and you can't actually yeah get hands on with them so um as a result you need to have you need to have good ground knowledge of of what you're talking about so uh it's been really difficult in that respect i mean there's um what one of the great things about working in the area of fashion that I do is that there's um I go to Italy a lot. There's um there's a trade show that happens in Florence twice a year in January and June called Pitti Womo. Oh, I really want to go to that. I've seen that all over Instagram. I really want to go it's there. Brilliant. It's brilliant. It's brilliant. It goes on for a whole week. Everyone's like minded. Everyone's there for a, everyone's there for a good time. Everyone's there. Everyone there's got a story to tell you. Um, and that. Uh, so twice a year I, I went to that and that's kind of where you find a lot of your stories and you find a lot of the new brands you want to tell people about um, and that I was there in January um, and June got cancelled and they pushed it back to September and that got cancelled so there's been a whole season where you kind of can't really get hands on with anything I mean only uh, day before yesterday I had my first kind of press appointment since um, beginning of March which was great. Uh, it, was, it, was, it was like quite a relief in some ways. Um, nice to talk to people again and actually see them and not having these kind of email conversations the whole time. So it, it is really important to get out there and actually get hands on the product, but there's, there's no really way around it unless you can be there. Um, yeah. Do you do you have a, a kind of process to writing your articles? I guess you know being in in such publications as the Rake and the Gents Journal, um, there's obviously a standard there to the writing that that you need to adhere to. What's your process? Um, get as many quotes as possible. I mean, like, <laughs> I mean, even if it, even if it's let's let's say let's say you have to do a 600 word article, mm. um, and you might only need five six seven quotes but get on the phone to that person for for an hour for an hour and a half if you can and slash if they've got time um so try and extract as much information from the subject or the, the whoever you're interviewing or from the brand and then it's um i don't know it's, it's quite it's quite a difficult question as to how you do it um there's there's definitely there's definitely a way to it it's kind of but it's also dependent on them on what magazine you're writing for. So, mm-hmm. and it also depends what the content is. So, if it's editorial and it's you can you can create a kind of flowery, interesting story. That's one thing. But then, if you're writing something to sell something, you then need to approach it with like a commercial head. Um, so, there are very different sides to it. Um, but it kind of it, not to sound like a complete cliche, but it kind of writes itself. But I guess that comes with experience so I, that's terrible advice but it's like, <laughs> <laughs> that's right it's honest yeah um and what are some of the biggest positives and opportunities you've taken out of this i mean you've mentioned you you go to italy um you've looked like you've done some great stuff uh your instagram um there's always loads of great stuff on there so yeah what are some of the biggest positives and opportunities you've taken from this so, uh so definitely travel definitely mm-hmm. travel um when i when i was with 
the the rate magazine i was i was traveling the whole time um and yeah it that was amazing i kind of miss it um i was going to italy maybe six times a year probably wow um so there's that side to it and and the people you meet i've made some really 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 good friends in this industry um who i would happily meet up with on on the weekend it's not kind of like a, a monday to friday friendship but to be honest, there's a lot of those things that happens in this industry <laughs> um so there's, there's there's travel there's friendship and um there's also kind of touched upon it earlier but kind of getting hands-on with beautiful clothing mm. clothing that's being made in such a slow painstaking way um and a lot of love has gone into each garment whether it's a shoe whether it's a jacket whether it's a tie something like as nondescript as that and i think it's kind of yeah learning about those processes is something i really value because you you know about it for the rest of your life and i'm i'm, I'm a bit of a nerd for detail so for me that's that's one of the great aspects mm. uh, um what else probably those three i mean and 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 if any journalist who works in menswear says this, this isn't one of the great aspects, they're lying, but you do get quite a lot of free stuff. And that's, <laughs> yeah. right. that's always yeah. a bonus. Yeah. Yeah. It's always a bonus. It's always a bonus. Like, do you want Yeah. Okay. I'll have it. Yeah. Yeah. Go on <laughs> if you insist. <laughs> I mean, it just balances out the pay in some ways, but it's, yeah. uh, that's another one. Definitely. Um, but not the most important one. Would sure. you, would you be able to sort of define your personal style now? Have you sort of, uh catered it uh you mentioned you really like streetwear when you were younger but as you've grown up is it sort of a bit more classic now yeah i it's um so yeah i kind of went from wearing streetwear and kind of bold graphic t-shirts and caps and uh, kind of loose trousers and sneakers and all that kind of stuff and then i kind of went into this world of the rake and i was i'm not a nanny to wear suits but <laughs> you, don't, you don't want to look like a like a corporate penguin and you yeah. don't maybe suit and just all that kind of stuff. So I, I, but because of my kind of streetwear roots and inverted commas, um, I was always dressing it down. Um, dressing down tailoring is kind of that one kind of buzzword that everyone uses. But so rather than wearing suit, shirt and tie, it's kind of suit with a t-shirt, suit with a roll neck. I mean, not particularly groundbreaking, but comfortable, <laughs> but yeah, yeah. And quite relaxed. Um, but now I, I don't need to wear suits as much. Um, in fact, I haven't worn a suit in since beginning of March. Uh, well, I like it. I haven't put on a jacket since beginning of March. Um, so it's kind of... Uh, but I've got quite into vintage menswear recently. Um, mm-hmm. There are amazing stories to be told there. Um, and I think the way the world's going at the moment, I think that's what people are going to want to be connecting to. It's not such a, a fickle kind of season after season kind of design or creation has kind of been around for and my, my, some, my, my favorite article of clothing is from the Vietnam War. It's, it's 50 years old and I wear wow. it and I probably wear it twice a week. It's, and so yeah, kind of garments with the story behind them, I find really, really interesting. And okay. I try and wear it. Not. But I don't, and I've, I've said it to people before, like I don't have as big a wardrobe as someone might think. Because mm. um, you, you don't need a lot. Mm. Um, I mean, I'd love to have a walk-in wardrobe, but I don't have enough for it. It sounds like they're more personal to you than... Yeah, yeah. And I think at one stage, I'd love to have just like a walk-in wardrobe with a suit in every different colour of the rainbow. But yeah. it's not realistic and it's just unnecessary. And I it's think I'd get bored of it. It yeah, looks cool in the wardrobe, but... It's just too much and it's not necessary. 
So it's kind of find find what's work for you and just stick with that. And I honestly think what I wear now is probably what the clothes and styles, the clothes I wear now and and the way I style it are probably going to be the same for the next. And what would be some of the less favourable um, aspects of the job? Um, well, again, this is kind of does this does this do you mean now when I'm now I'm uh, both? Um, I mean, it's it's notorious it's, it's notorious for being known as not being a particularly high paying industry, but mm. I'm, I'm 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 not I'm not in it to make big bucks and own a Ferrari. No, it's just not it's not what I'm in it for. So that would be one of the negatives, um, and it's not a nine to five. Definitely not. If you've got a deadline, you've got a deadline. But you need if you need to do it at twelve at night, or you need to wake up at five in the morning to do it, you've got to do it. Um, but you, that balances out with if you if you love it, then it's not really work. So I, I honestly consider myself really lucky to have found an industry, to have found a a trade that I really, really enjoy. And as a result, doesn't really feel like work. Um, so I, I don't have many kind of bad things to say about it whatsoever, but you've just got to love it as a result. Yeah. Yeah. We, we kind of um, talking a bit about money. We like to sort of go away and look for average income stats for, for the industry. Um, mm. and, and we sort of found journalism, maybe not so much fashion journalism, but across the board, maybe from 20 to sort of 35,000. Does that sit right with you in your experiences? Uh, at what stage? Well, at what stage is this? So this is somebody with maybe five years experience. Twenty. Five to what did you say? Thirty-five. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, uh, twenty-five yeah. to thirty-five. Yeah, with five years' experience, definitely. That's perhaps what you probably sit within that. Um, and what about sort of starting? I know you said there's a lot of interning. What kind of thing can they expect uh, to that level? Around the twenty mark. Okay. I think I, I think I started on twenty-two. Okay. But I'd, I'd, but I'd been interning for two and a half years. Um, but some people I know started on less than that. Yeah, uh, yeah. But yeah, so somewhere around that, I'd say, is a starting out salary. Okay. Do you, what's the kind of high end um, for your sort of industry? Um, well over, well over uh, six figures, definitely. I'm sure. Wow. Like, I'm sure editors at the big magazines are on you're clearing two hundred and fifty. Wow. Okay. What would but be there, some? There are so many, there are only so many of those positions. So like, yeah, it's, yeah, yeah uh, of course, yeah. So, um, yeah, probably mass, mass. How much it can go to, probably. Wow. What would be something that's uh, probably not in the job description? You didn't realise you had to deal with day to day. I just said it. It's not a nine to five. It's okay. Yeah. Five. So like, it's it's if there's work to be done, you've got to do it. And like, I've cancelled plans before last minute. Um. Like, for instance, like an, an, an advertorial could come in at the last minute. Um, so an advertorial is, is paid editorial, basically. Um, and and the publisher of a company could be like, look, Ben, we, we, this so-and-so has just paid us. He wouldn't actually probably tell me what we've paid us, but so-and-so has just paid us X amount. Um, we need to get an online article up now. And it's like, oh, well, it's my mum's birthday. And she's like, no, you've got to do it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> maybe, not, maybe, not, maybe not as extreme as that, but you kind of get the gist of it. Like, yeah, yeah, certainly. Often cancel plans, and that's not in the job description. Um, but everything else is pretty clear and straightforward, probably. 
So what's the uh, future of this industry going forward? Obviously, sort of magazine numbers are kind of falling away a bit, but the online stuff is growing. Where do you see the future of the industry going? Well, this is the thing. So I, I've worked in magazines for a number of years and now I'm freelance and, mm. and, and there's, there's more money to be made in kind of in, in content creation. Um, so a lot of what I do now is kind of working directly with brands and just improving their online image, whether that's with editorial, whether that's with copywriting, whether that's with art direction, styling, modeling, all that kind of thing. Mm. And that's where the money is because brands can't rely on, um, brands can't rely on a single, uh, two collections a year, or they can't rely on, on fashion shows or anything like that. They need, people are consuming content at such a terrifying rate that there needs to be newness the whole time, the whole time. Yeah. Brands are now pulling back advertisement from putting back advertising spend on magazines and then putting it into kind of their own kind of content creation system, if you like, and then out, outsourcing it to people. So that's where I come in. Um, so I think that's the kind of, that's the future and it has been it has been the future for a few years now mm, i guess they're all trying to in a way create their own uh i guess their own magazines for, for a better word to bring people into their brand sort of organically yeah. yeah i mean like i don't think there's a serious fashion brand on earth that doesn't have instagram yeah yeah like yeah and 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 if you're not and if you're just posting images i think there's if, anything and, these days if you don't have instagram yeah, so like, but, but there needs to be constant newness coming in. You need to keep people engaged. You need to keep people interested. You need to keep, and you need to get people buying. And and you, and as a result, you've got to surprise them. You've got to kind of pique their interest and everything like that. With um, the way social media has sort of come about, uh, come more popular, have you found you've had to sort of increase just the amount you've had to get out, or are you still sort of writing quite in depth sort of articles still? Um. So I I I do, I I'm. I'm quite a bad example of this because I don't do enough. Okay. I don't do enough on my own Instagram. Um, I, I used to do a lot. I mean, when I was at the rate magazine, whilst I was at the rate magazine, it turned into an e-commerce business. Um, like so many magazines are now doing. Um, and as a result, it had all this, all this product coming in on a weekly, weekly basis. And it needed to be shot. It needed to be put on someone. And I was kind of the guinea pig, the clothes horse the mannequin for that and as a result i had all these images of myself and so i started promoting myself and and it and it, and it kind of it was it was working the kind of engagement followers whatever were going up but i'm not i now don't do enough of it not because i don't have the images myself it's just because it's just time consuming yeah and it's it's and, and just constantly promoting yourself is just i'd rather put that time and energy into into writing for other people or kind of getting new clients on board or whatever. Um, but it is, it is really, really important. And some people do it brilliantly. Some people don't do it at all. I mean, you've got some of the, some of the best journalists out there don't have an Instagram. <laughs> yeah. It's, it, it's really case by case basis. That makes sense. How do you even begin to start to sort of create noise in the fashion world? Cause it's such a saturated market. Well, you know, what kind of things are you, are you looking to do? Um, as a as a as a as a journalist or as a kind of yeah as a journalist and and working with these brands you know what are you sort of uh, what are you suggesting to them because it's such a saturated market how do you get any sort of leverage these days yeah i mean it's 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 such a saturated market you're right and and, and there's so much of what you see out there is the same 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 
Mm. Um, so, but finding finding something that's generally kind of interesting, groundbreaking, profound is 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 a challenge. Mm. But quite often, a lot of brands don't want to kind of take a risk or anything. Mm. Um, I mean, one of my one of my clients, I, I'm trying to do something that without. God, I don't really want to give it away, to be honest. But it's pushing the boundaries within kind of the in the kind of the fields of uh, disability, if you like. Okay. But going about going about it in a very uh, endearing, but kind of, but really listening to the issues at hand with with. Um, sorry, I'm trying to be quite cryptic, but, yeah. <laughs> but, but really listening to the issues that kind of these uh, group of people kind of encounter with their disabilities, and then using that as a way to talk about it and promote it with uh, a client I'm working with. Okay, interesting. Um, and that as a project, as a campaign, is something that would probably generate quite a lot of press coverage and, okay. have, and actually have some, have some meaning and, sub, and substance behind it. Because mm. so much of what you see on Instagram or on the internet, just, there's, not, there's nothing behind it. It's just someone wearing clothes and looking quite cool. Yeah. You know, mm. What does that really do? Apart uh, from increasing your engagement or whatever. So finding uh, projects, or coming up with projects and ideas to actually make a difference is is is, dif- is difficult because it is so saturated how does how does somebody you know a young uh, journalist within the fashion world um start to progress within the industry what are the, the things they can do to stand out uh well social media is one of them mm. um is yeah. it just probably just a good work ethic you know really throwing yourself at everything that comes your yeah. way i suppose yeah, it's, it, and and but have have a, have a have a point of difference. I think. Yeah. Um, okay. So there's that, and then it's just I guess it comes back to what we spoke about earlier: is networking. Um, if people see you, go go to events. I mean, uh, I mean, this is, feels like a lifetime ago, but like before COVID, fashion events like Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, there's always something going on. Yeah. And just go to them. Uh, yeah, it might be it might be seven till nine, and you might want to go home and sit on the sofa, but if you meet one person there and that person is a great connection, then it's all worth it. Mm. But it, it's, it's, it's just committing to it. It's just really putting yourself out there because you don't know one will ever see you and, and you'll just kind of get lost within the industry maybe. Yeah. Um, yeah. Would you uh, still go into the fashion and media industry uh, knowing all you know now? Yes. <laughs> yeah I don't, I, don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know what else i do yes I, yeah. I've, I've loved it i've loved um i've loved every minute of it it's definitely there's been really really challenging times i mean this year has been incredibly difficult um yeah it's been very difficult to kind of get commissions and 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 your retainers your monthly retainers have maybe taken a hit so financially it's been very very difficult this year and it makes you wonder is it really worth it all this stuff but of course it is um yeah. So I definitely would. I don't know what else I'd do. I'm thinking about, I was thinking about scrapping it all and going into boxing journalism, but then that would have been hit as well because that didn't happen. Yeah. No fights have been happening. So I, I, I don't know what else I would do. Do you, th- do you think you've got the skills to potentially move to different journalism then now you've, you've been in the media world for a while? Um, how, how, how different? Uh, well, you spoke about boxing or something. Yeah, I, th- I, th- I think so. Yeah, I think so. I, I, I like to think I can write about anything. I mean, my 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 speciality is definitely lie in talking about kind of 
artisanal menswear and heritage, heritage brands and everything like that. That's what I really, really enjoy and get a kick from. But I think I think if you're a writer, you can you can apply that to lots of yeah. different things. Anything um, I probably same with fashion. Do you reckon you could go uh, somewhere else within fashion? Maybe not design, but something else. Uh, yeah, definitely. I think that's what I'm. I'm kind of. I'm part of a content and digital development agency now. Yeah. Um, which takes up quite a lot of my time. Um, my profile, I think, Studio Graph. Um, and so that is that kind of encompasses. Uh, it encompasses writing, copywriting, that kind of thing. Then there's also art direction. There's also uh, there's also styling and all that. But actually. I don't know why I didn't say this earlier. I, I would love to eventually have my own brand or have my own store. Awesome. I think it would be a store. I think it would be a store. Um, and I've got, I've got, I've got a pretty good idea about what exactly it would be and where, but it's just finding the money to do it. Yeah. Um, what kind of vein would, would that be? What kind of sort of fashion? I, I think, well, I'd, so, I'd, so it would be, it would be, it would be menswear. It'd be just mm. be, it's not, it's not fashion at all. It's kind of like timeless menswear, the stuff you'll wear. Okay yeah but but the, the 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 knack with it is just to have um incredibly well-informed sales assistants who know their product knowledge they know exactly how these trousers are made they know exactly where those shoes were made and what they look good with and everything like that but then within the store you kind of create a community atmosphere yeah you you really kind of drive towards having regular customers who come back and back and back and then but the, the most difficult thing is well, I know, I know, I know, I know where it would be, but it's just finding. It's just the capital that you need to get something like that off the ground. Yeah. Um. But but have a barber shop in there. Like, there's, there's retail. Everyone talks about retail, bricks and mortar retail being on its ass, and it is like things like Selfridges and Harrods, like they're they're dinosaurs. Yeah. But the kind of the specialist retail store that sticks to what it knows. Uh, yeah, and does it very well. Great staff, but then also offers something else. Like, yeah, you want to come in, have, come in, drop in for a coffee, or if it's past a certain hour, have a drink with us. And actually, we've got a barber in the back if you need a haircut, that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, create somewhere that men feel relevant, special, and wanted, and can communicate with like-minded people. Mm-hmm. I think, uh, but keep it small, keep it niche, because I think that's where the will power is. Because I think as soon as you go as soon as you think beyond that and you go beyond, beyond those parameters you're just you're just lost in the wild with everyone else well you're you're incredibly well placed to uh to sort of pursue something like that like you say you just need the uh need the capital now yeah you guys got any <laughs> i wish <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think so. uh, but yeah that's, that's uh, eventually but i mean i'm i'm in my mid-20s so i think maybe that'll be something when i'm in, in 10 years time or yeah and when having kind of built up that contact book and especially with brands who make beautiful products and things like that. So it's all a sort of work in progress, but I think within the fashion industry, there's so much space in which to kind of evolve and try different things. I think yeah. that's one of the great aspects of it that you can, you can kind of dip your toes in lots of different things. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm doing, I'm doing some PR for a brand at the moment. I thought I'd never do that again, but actually there's, it's quite rewarding. It's quite, I mean, to get journalists who you know of, responding to an email that they have no idea it's actually come from you is quite interesting yeah that's pretty cool no i don't put my name at the bottom of it um, <laughs> so uh, yeah doing all sorts of different things and that's, and that's a great thing that's why i would recommend to anyone who's thinking about coming 
fashion brackets menswear journalists is that it's a small enough industry that you can try out different things it sounds great it sounds like there's a lot of travel involved there's loads of different areas you can apply loads of different skill sets um yeah. and and thank you so much for coming on bendit we've we've really enjoyed chatting with you thanks so much for having me thank you oh uh, do you want to share out your instagram yeah it's um at benedict underscore brown with an e on the end thank you benedict it's been awesome talking to you cheers guys take care thank you bye-bye bye, bye.